Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 428 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here returning from summer break, kind of, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. It's been a while, and I don't even know what day it is, I don't think, but we're getting back to life, right? The we summer are. is wrapping down. Yeah. Uh, and the listener has continued to hear from us every week because that's how the podcast works. But we have really batched our recording a lot more than usual this summer. So we haven't talked in a few weeks or done a recording session. And so we're coming together today to just talk about the rest of our summers. We did this about a month ago where we kind of caught you all up and caught each other up on summer so far. So now we are just um, continuing that thread, sharing about our family's summers and how everything went. And also we'll get into a few fall aspirations, but I mean, dipping the tiniest pinky toe into what we have on deck for this fall, because I don't think we're there mentally yet. Well, right now it's all very aspirational, right? Like, which is kind of fun. I it's mean, like this fall, it is fun. I'm going Mine to is a huge long list. Yeah. And now I'm like, what am I really going to do off of this list? I don't know. That's right. I, I have I have no plan for any of this. Um, Sarah, I know that uh, our last episode where we talked about the summer, we did touch a little bit on your weird California weather. You had sort of a an unseasonably cool yeah. summer, I think, yes. for the most part. Um, and I had a very pleasant summer, but we are in the middle of like a really gross heat wave right now that I think is going to blow over soon. And then I'm thinking it might be kind of fallish. Really? Already? It has that so- feel. How about you? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, Today, it's very cool. One of my kids has their first day of school today. So my kids are at three different schools, all starting different days. And of course, we're recording this a few days before you all are hearing it. But anyway, one of my children is at their first day of school today, and it's overcast and very cool and surprisingly so. And we also had 
a hurricane, if you didn't hear Southern California, um, where I live was just kind of on the outer bands of the hurricane. So this past week has been really wild. Um, but we did, as you were mentioning, we had a really cool and foggy, our June gloom lasted well into July. Um, but then it warmed up. It's actually been a really nice summer weather here. I would say low eighties and plenty of beach weather. And then the the thing about where I live is that will last almost till Halloween. So where I would I would like to get into the fall mood by mid-September. Um, I was in sweaters and puffy jackets in July, but I will be it will be beach weather in October. It's just a little different. It's just like everything's shifted a little bit. But you're saying you might actually start feeling the crispness well, soon. I think I lied. I looked at my weather app and it doesn't look like that at okay. all. Actually, I, I think it's just gonna be for like a day. It's going to cool off a lot and then it's going to kind of be back up in the upper 70s. After this, it's kind of anyone's guess. Like, I mean, it's not. There's meteorologists who actually aren't guessing, <laughs> but I'm <laughs> I'm just guessing and saying there have definitely been years where it feels like fall by like the second week of September. And then there are years where you could still go to the beach in October. It's yeah. just so all over the place. It's really hard to say. Maybe I need to consult the farmer's almanac. Almanac? I mean, almanac. I think those, I, I think weather statistics are really fascinating. I think from growing up in a place that doesn't have extreme weather, I've always been kind of fascinating. And then of course, now with climate discussions, it like, I feel like it's easy to get sucked into like, Ooh, a record this or the most rainfall since right. this. And yeah, it's interesting. Can I ask you a really dumb question that I have a feeling you're more brushed up on me than than maybe you were even a couple of weeks ago? First of all, I know that like hurricanes don't typically happen on the West Coast, right? right? But like what makes something a hurricane rather than just really high winds? Is it the strength of the wind? Is it because it starts over water? Like what is it? I feel oh, like no, while I, I answer, know. you should Google it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. I think it's a tropical storm that's either like, definitely wind speed is one of the markers of a hurricane because once it crosses landfall, it often is demoted to a tropical storm. And that's what ours was when it actually came over most parts of California. But on like in the Atlantic, the hur- though will still deliver. That's why they'll say like hurricane force winds. So I do think the thing that makes it a hurricane, I think is mostly wind related, but it, okay. they do all start over the ocean. And this one came up from, um, in the Eastern Pacific, came up the coast of Mexico, crossed over Baja and came up through Southern California. Although it really, the parts that were hit really hard were more like desert areas of California, Palm Springs and oh, things okay. like that. So if we have listeners, I hope nobody's still, um, making their way through mud. It, it seemed like it was a little less damaging than it could have been, but it was, we don't ever have any rain in August. That's not, you know, I've lived in the Midwest and we traveled to the Northeast and summer rain is very much a thing in lots of places, but not where I live. So just to have any rain in August was so bizarre. It felt like almost like, I'm sure it would be the same for you, Megan. If you had 85 degrees in January, it would just feel like yeah. wrong in your body. Like our bodies are yeah. tuned into whatever's normal for us. And it was, I can't tell you how weird it was to have a very, very rainy day in August, even though we didn't get the brunt of the hurricane. Yeah. That's so interesting because here, basically anytime the uh, weather is warm enough for rain, it's like rain is possible. Yeah, You know what yeah. I mean? Like it just happens all the time. I did just read that 74 miles per hour is the speed, the wind speed at which a tropical storm is considered a hurricane. Okay. 
Well, so you didn't even have to answer me. I could just look it up. On I'm Google. not your Google, but I mean, it was fun. I'm, I'm flattered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we should talk about what um, listeners have missed, which is actually a lot of the same things you and I have missed. We, we really haven't been in as close of contact because we've yeah. both been busy and traveling and all those things. So um, tell me about the rest of your summer since July, you know, since that end of July period. Yeah. Well, what was fun was when we touched base at the end of July, you and I both had a lot of summer left. And we talked about that. We talked about how there's this tendency to be like, well, I guess it's over. But then at least for your family and mine, we both had August trips and big things happening. So our biggest one was we went to the East Coast. Uh, All five of us flew in and out of the lovely Hartford Airport, which I have no complaints about at all. Megan, you and I have talked at length about airport strategy and layover strategy. And we both um, have the choice to fly out of large airports with hassles or smaller airports and then have a layover. And so this time we did Santa Barbara through Dallas, Fort Worth and Hartford. And Hartford is also like a, I don't know, a small to midsize airport. It is not overwhelming and it was great. So anyway, shout out Hartford airport. We've never done that. We always fly to Boston. um, And then we have like a two and a half hour drive if we're going to Rhode Island. So my sister had a very long layover at the Boston airport not too long ago. And she said it kind of stunk. Yeah. Well, I don't have as many memories of the Boston airport because we never were laid over there, but we were always trying to rent a car and then drive out of the city. And I remember one time it was like literally midnight and there was traffic in the tunnels. I'm like, how is there traffic at midnight? Anyway, love Boston going, but um, did not mind going in and out of a smaller airport. And honestly, I don't mind layovers in Dallas. I've done a lot of them and it's a big airport, but it has a lot of stuff. So Anyway, we spent the week in Connecticut and a short night in Rhode Island and then a few days in Boston. And um, I think I talked a little bit about what was coming up for this trip um, in that July 31st episode we did. But then we did those things, um, including a day in Woodbury, Connecticut, which is where Brian grew up. And this was really fun. Brian um, grew up in a very, very small town. Um, and lived there from kindergarten all the way through high school. And it's about an hour from where his mom and sister live now. So nobody lives there now and hasn't for some time. I have been there a couple of times, but our kids have never been there. So when we go back east, we don't have any reason to go to Woodbury, Connecticut. And um, it's very rural. There's a lot of there's some like antiquing that happens around there. But like otherwise, it's just a small rural town in Connecticut. It's Connecticut. It's beautiful surroundings. Um, but it's not something you'd pass through or really go to no offense to Woodbury, but like, it's not, um, it's kind of in the middle of forests and farmland. And so we took the kids for a day there and we showed them or Brian showed them like, it was kind of like a, this is your life tour. Like he, we went to like houses he'd lived in. We went to all three schools he attended elementary, middle and high school you know, he showed the kids where he had his first job and um, where he went to daycare. And it's a I mean, really, really small town. I don't know the population, but um, I don't know, 6,000 or 8,000 oh, okay. or it's yeah. very small. Um, and the kids were really sweet. They kind of like I think they kind of were at ages where they got that this is significant and it's not a town we're going to pass through again. I mean, we would have to go there on purpose. 
Um, and you know, my kids are 10, 13 and 15. They're all ages where they can like imagine dad at those ages, seeing the elementary school, seeing the middle school, seeing the high school, like I said. Um, and that was kind of a highlight. It was, I'm really glad we did it. And, um, there wasn't much to do. I mean, there isn't much to do there except to be like, yep, this is where dad grew up. So that was really special, really meaningful. Um, we also, as I said, we did Boston and we did a bunch of touristy stuff in Boston. It was hot, but not as hot as it could have been. I did text you, Megan, sort of desperately from a Red Sox game in a moment of like, this is all of the things that make me um, yes. unhappy. It was crowded, hot, mostly crowded and hot. Those are always the first two, but also long lines for everything. No yeah. room in any restaurants and no plan, no way to get food or shade. It was sort of like, a confluence of things that made that particular lead up to the baseball game sort of torture. But also I, once we were in, I was fine. We had seats in the shade and it was okay. Are you finding that your, your particular kids at their particular ages and personalities, like, is that as torturous as it sounds or were they all kind of in a good mood about it? So it's very food. They're very food motivated, my children. Um, and, uh, a couple more than others. So the plan had been to eat at like a, you know, a place where we could sit down and have some beers and have some food. And we didn't get to, to the Fenway area quite as early as we had meant to because the train was full and all these things. So my two older kids were very concerned that they were not going to have like a hot dog in their near future. And they were hungry I will say besides that, and so we ended up just getting them hot dogs at like a street vendor and they were totally happy. We found a tiny patch of shade, shade being like my, the thing that like can push me over the edge if it's there or not. And um, so then they were, they did really well. They were hot. Violet was kind of hot with me and we were like too early to go into the ballpark. So we had a lot of waiting around, but yet we couldn't get into a restaurant. So that's the part that made me feel a little like crawling out of my skin is there was nowhere to go. Once you're in a ballpark, you can walk around, you can find shade, you can get a beverage, there's bathrooms, but we were sort of like just out on the hot pavement. So not, not my finest. It's been a while since I've done that kind of activity with my kids. And, and I, I feel like the price of the food is like, well, the food itself, it's almost like the loss leader. So you're going to spend like hundreds of dollars between tickets and parking yeah. and everything else. And basically the hot dog is the bribe. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the thing that gets your kids to do the thing that costs all the money. Yeah. And I remember having sort of a feeling the last time we did something like that, where I was like, wow, this was really expensive. So my kids could eat a hot dog yeah. or get like some popcorn. Sometimes I'll bribe them to go to the movies with me and all they really want is the popcorn. They don't right. really want to spend time with me. And, but I'll still drop a hundred bucks yeah. so that we can go have a family activity yeah. so they can eat overpriced popcorn. It's Whatever. also what they will remember. My kids it's talk true. about specific food items on different like parts of vacations or places that we've been. And it's always like, oh, remember the milkshake at that place? It's like, oh, remember that I flew you across the country? Anyway, um, but that was, it was still fun to do the city stuff. Like my kids rode the T, we rode the, you know, the yeah. subway, like walked, walked a lot. Um, and saw cool stuff. And, and we were doing that as a group of 10 because we were with Brian's sister, husband, two kids and Brian's mom. So five of them and five of us. And it, a lot. Yeah. it was, but it, I mean, we, we navigated it pretty well. Um, and we also did a bit of 
Cambridge and Harvard just for a few hours, which is an area I've been to before and love. Um, and that was really fun. Didn't we decide that you're going to go to Harvard now? I mean, I always I wanted to go to Harvard that. as as a teenager. So I think I just texted you that, like, turns out I still do at some point <laughs> wish to attend Harvard. I don't know how they feel about that. But yeah, it's very it's very picturesque and romantical. Um, so yeah. that was all really fun. Well, that really sounds fun. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, well, that all sounds really fun, and I missed most of that when it was happening in real life, so I loved getting the update um, because I was just getting you know texts from you, like, for example, of bruises that uh, you yes. had sustained. <laughs> and things like that, which I think we're going to talk about. That deserves its own at another segment. point. Yes, it really does. Well, do you want to tell us about your about your incredible Bruce? Yeah, I do. I mean, now is as good a time as any. While in Connecticut, not the fault of the great state of Connecticut, I got into a hammock 
It was the kind of hammock that's supported like by two poles. It's not tied to a tree. So it's like a, you know, it's, it's its own operation. I got into it and I was, I have a picture of when I got into it, I took a picture of my feet and the pretty trees looking up at the sky and I was all settled. And then I went to like adjust myself. Like I was just going to scoot down a little bit and the whole thing flipped over so fast. Megan, you know, when you have a spectacular fall, there's always that moment where you can feel yourself. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like that cartoon moment where you're, I don't even have any memory of a moment where I was like, "Uh oh, this thing's about to, it just, it was like one moment I was laying on a hammock (laughs) looking at the sky. I was on the ground and underneath the very, like uh, at the, whatever, at the bottom of this hammock structure is a metal bar. The thing flipped so fast and so completely that Instead of dumping me off like to the side where I just would have landed on grass, I ended up all the way underneath, like 180 degrees from where I started, and I fell on the side of my butt. So the bruise was like, yeah, the out the outside of my butt. Like if I'd been wearing a bathing suit, you would have seen this bruise. Um, and I did send you photos, multiple photos of it. It's probably the worst bruise I've ever had in my life, and it it was more painful than anything I can think of in the last like several years besides maybe a bad migraine, but that's like a different kind of pain. Um, it was, it was pretty impressive. I have gnarly. Yes. I feel like it must still like remnants must still be there too. I just checked. So it's now, but that was probably on like (laughs) August. I'm going to say, are you going to put them in the show notes? No, absolutely (laughs) not. No, no one is besides you. And my mom maybe are the only people I was sending photos to. Um, it's the bruise happened probably on like August 10th and now we're recording. So it was like two weeks ago. It's almost gone. Um, but yeah, for the first week it was, it was a show every day of different colors. So that was exciting. Was it the kind, we don't need to talk too much about your bruise, but I'm, I'm always fascinated by really deep bruises and how they heal. Was it the kind where it almost like radiated outward? Like, like there was a ring. Yes. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It did that. And it also started small. I thought, I thought, Oh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow. My whole side of my butt's going to be multicolored. And I was actually surprised it was such a, um, small area. Initially it was like, almost like I got shot or something. Um, and it was very black and then it got bigger and purpler. And then eventually it was like the ring and, you know, greens and yellows. And it was, it was intense. So that was also part of the East coast trip. Part of that trip, <laughs> perhaps for me, the most memorable part. But, yeah, that's um, all you knew. Was, I wasn't that I, and that I was once grumpy at a Red Sox game. That's like right. the only two pieces of information. I also was not I've been off social media or I've been off Instagram for August. So there, you weren't getting any like, you know, lovely little pictures of the Boston gardens or any public gardens or anything. You weren't really you weren't privy to that. I wasn't privy to any of that. Yeah, just knew that you wanted to be at Harvard. I knew that you um we're grumpy at a game. And then I knew you fell on your butt. Yeah. So basically that was like the cliff's notes. That's exactly right. I went to the East coast and all I got was this bruise on my butt <laughs> and an expensive hot dog. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, what else have you had going on? Yeah. Just a couple, a, a, another thing worth mentioning. We did an overnight in downtown Los Angeles and we took the kids to see into the woods, the touring Broadway production um, I did message you. This was actually before our East Coast trip. And I think you were in town. It was right after your birthday. But um, I messaged you that I like did a deep dive into the cast of this Into the Woods production and found out that the two leads that play Baker and Baker's wife are married in real life and have this like very sweet real life Broadway 
they're a real life Broadway couple and they went on tour with their daughter. And anyway, um, yeah, yeah. These are names you would probably know. Um, and the kid, what was the date of that? I might've still been gone and just kind of catching my messages. Um, I think we went on the 29th of July. Okay. And so, um, it was really good. And my kids, my older two kids performed into the woods earlier this spring. So it was one of those shows that they knew. Well, and, and I, by now know every song because it was in our house for months as they were getting ready to perform it. And we all five went. And when I was there, I ran into a listener of the podcast in the, in the bathroom at the theater. I was with Violet and it was Rebecca and she came up to us. She was with one of her kids. And then later we connected out in the lobby so that we didn't have to have the whole conversation in line at the bathroom. Um, but she was so, so sweet. And that was just totally a surprise and really, really fun. Um, so, yeah, that was another, um, I guess, summer highlight. I love going to Broadway shows, as we know. And we haven't done a lot where it's the whole family. But this was a perfect one because everybody knew the show. And it was a quick drive down there and a really, really strong cast. Really, really good. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous. It's been a long time since I've seen anything resembling professional theater. So it's time. I've been it's on time. A, a bit of a tear. So, um, yeah, you, you've been going for both of us. Yes, I have. I have. <laughs> OK, well, that was a lot yeah. for me. Um, I think where we less left you after our last episode, you you teased about your genealogy trip and that's probably like what people are dying to hear from although you have been sharing more on Instagram so anybody there maybe has been following along well it was interesting so my my sister and I ended up going I don't think at the time I don't think I knew my sister could go um yeah I had asked her but she so the bookstore which she and her husband Eric are running was set to open like that Friday and she thought that she should stick around and help Eric But then he was like, no, 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 please go. Now, what she later told me was that they had been having some arguments about how the book should be shelved and that she was pretty sure he was really glad to get rid of her for a few days. That's a hard, Um, it's a hard thing to probably like (laughs) navigate. It's they're they're both new to it. And, and they both worked in a bookstore before. So they have a pit, like they're both really hardcore readers with strong opinions who've worked in book retail, but also are new business owners. And so I think there was a bit and married. So power struggles, all of those things came out. She said, she said sometimes they would get like in kind of very tense moments about whether something should be, you know, shelved in memoir or travel (laughs) or like Michigan or Midwest. Like it got, it got bad. So anyway, she went with me, which was great because of course this was us like looking into our, family background. And in case someone didn't hear that episode, basically my mom, the, the town that my grandma was born in and grew up in and that my mom was born in is in like the far Northern tip of what's called the Keweenaw Peninsula in the, um, upper peninsula. So the Keweenaw is like as far, basically as far North as you can go. It's, it's very far West too, in the upper peninsula, very remote. And they were both um, born in what's called the copper country because that's where all the mining was. And there was sort of this genealogy mystery where um, my, like no one knew who my mother's father was. My grandma was very tight lipped about it. We all found out about it. And so we kind of went trying, hoping to find like some kind of smoking gun to track him down. And it ended up being so fascinating. First of all, I just want to give like so much credit to people who what they do for a living is work in 
archives. It's yeah. so important. And you don't really think yeah. about it until there's a reason that you might want to find something. But for example, we got to see my grandfather and great grandfather's mining employment records because like the real copies, like the hard copies Wow. Um, because they've been archived and preserved. And so we, they, uh, the archive workers, this was at Michigan Technological University. Everyone just calls it Michigan Tech. That's the university up there. And, and they were so, um, like, they were so excited to do the work. It was so earnest. Like it, you know, I kind of go in feeling like, oh, I'm bothering them. You know, I'm right. asking them to like, look stuff up. This is so obnoxious, but that's literally what they do. They love it. So they're so happy to help. And we got to hang out in the archive library on campus for like two days and just like look at microfilm and um look at old employment records look at old censuses look at old um land maps and stuff so we were able to see like the old tax records it was just really really cool now we did not on that trip locate the biological grandfather those all of those leads led to dead ends um although i have since then found him but that's like a whole nother topic for a whole nother episode um, a little anticlimactic at the moment because now I'm like, what? Okay, what do I do with this information? But at the time, we ended up kind of deep diving on my grandma's mother's life and her whole family and found out that we found obituaries for like six of her siblings had died of tuberculosis and her mother. Um, so we were able to find those in the paper. And there was this guy up there who's a researcher who just volunteered to help us. So he came to the archive with us and like helped us do research. It was just really, really cool. Really cool. And we stayed in an old miner's house that was an Airbnb now um, in the town, very close to where my grandma would have grown up and just drove around a whole bunch and got a sense for, you know, where she would have lived. And we're not a hundred percent sure where exactly my mom was born, but sort of where she would have been. So that was really fun. Um, then we drove to Munising on the 26th and stayed the night there. That's where I was born. So we woke up in Munising on my birthday and we had a nice little morning there. And then we came back to help Eric get the store the rest of the way, kind of ready for the soft opening, which was on the next day on Friday. Um, so that was, just, it was just a really busy few days. And I will also say that this, this whole like last three and a half week period or four week period, however long it's been since that week happened, I really haven't been with my kids that much. And when I have been, we haven't been doing anything. So I feel like I just spent the last month sort of off adventuring on my own or with my siblings. And when I've been with my kids, it's been like just business as usual, mm-hmm. you know, like driving them around and right. so making it's like you're dinners having and stuff. Your summer, but then when yeah. you're a mom, you're just doing like regular just doing life. Mom stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then, yeah, the next week I was just kind of home with them, not doing much. Then Eric and I and my brother, John and Jenna, his wife, drove back up to Manistique for the grand opening of the bookstore. And that was like a whole event. And then the six of us, Catherine, Eric, me, Eric, John, Jenna, all went on a hiking trip on Grand Island, which is the island that I backpacked a few years, four, four years ago, actually, on my own. I just, it just came up in my memories that I was up there four years ago. Wow. Um, and then I went back with my sister and my brother the following year, but then I haven't been there in two years. So, um, or three, well, three, I guess I haven't been there in three years. So we all six of us went and did two nights on the Island. So we have a cabin, the cabin's like three and a half ish miles from the ferry dock. So we hike in all of our food, um, bedding clothes. When you say we have a cabin, you rented 
something. We rented a cabin. Yeah, we don't have a cabin on that island. There's a cabin that we rented. Okay. But there's no electricity. Um, so, you know, we all had to pack in. All, there's nothing. There's no way to refrigerate food, for example. Yeah. So it was a lot of like backpacking type food. And yes, yeah, so we all hiked that in and we spent the night just kind of hanging out around the um, around the campfire and doing like little hikes close by. And then the next day we <laughs> decided we were going to hike the whole island. So I guess I didn't think this through. I mean, I was so confident in my ability to easily hike. I think it ended up being 17 miles to go out our door, do the entire northern tip of the island, like the perimeter and back. We could have made it longer if we'd gone back down to the ferry and come back up like where we'd come from. But we were like, well, we just did that yesterday. So we're not going to do that. So we did 17 miles. And I'll tell you, I was like, it's just walking. How hard can it be? Yeah. Um, really hard is the answer. That's a long way. It's a very long hike. And now, of course, all of our stuff is in the cabin. It's not like we're all backpacking the whole thing. We just had little packs with water. Right. There's also really no water on the island. It's all kind of central or uh, kind of um, central around the campsites and the cabins that are on the south end of the island. But once you get up to the north end, there's really no fresh water either. So we did have to, you know, pack water and stuff like that. But it was just a long walk. And we somehow discovered that this is a magical island where it doesn't matter where you are, you're always going uphill. So um, I don't know how they pulled that off. But like, we'd be walking and we'd be like, wait a second, what? How are we going uphill again? So the last like three miles, I mean, it was so pleasant and lovely and I had a great time. But the last like three miles, it was a lot of us just kind of quietly walking. And I'm thinking, man, this is just very, very long. And then the next morning I woke up and was like, oh, no, I don't know if my body is going to work. And it did. I was able to pack up my stuff and then hike the what three and a half miles back out. Like what, what, what hurt most? It was it started off weirdly. That was like my hip joints really hurt. Then it was my my feet kind of hurt the whole time, like the last three yeah. miles of the um, of the long hike. My feet, they would just hurt. They wasn't like. There weren't any hot spots. I didn't have blisters. They were just like, okay, I'm, I'm really ready to be done with this. Yeah. Well, when I woke up in the morning, they were just kind of mildly sore, but by the end of the next day. So by the time we're back at the, you know, we're back in Manistique, we stayed one more night in Manistique, um, hanging out in Catherine and Eric's apartment. I was like, my feet hurt so bad. Mm -hmm. So I look at my left foot and it's well, both of my feet swelled up. That never happens. Oh, I wow. never have swollen feet, but both of them swelled up. My ankles were kind of swollen. And a few months ago, I whacked the top of my foot really hard on, um, you know, like an old fashioned recliner, how they have that handle that sticks out. Yes. Mm -hmm. The wooden handle. Mm -hmm. I whacked my foot wow. on one of those really hard on the top. And now it's fine. Now it hurt for like a couple of weeks, but now anytime I stress my feet out, it like pop that foot puffs up. And hurts. So I don't know if I like have a hairline fracture or yeah. something, something's going on. But so it was like, my feet looked ridiculous. Then the next day when I woke up, it was my shins and my, um, calves were really tight. So like, honestly, the soreness lasted like three or four days. It was wow. rather humbling. I guess it's kind of a lot to expect that I can go from like walking three or four miles sometimes when I feel like it to, um, walking 17 and then adding three and a half on either side of that yeah. too. So it was yeah. like, it was like 25 miles in 48 hours. And I, it was just a lot. 
Um, I will say like everybody was a trooper. I don't even think Katherine, who's 10 years older than me, by the way, I don't think she even felt it. Oh my she just seemed like she was ready to go another 25. <laughs> um, Jenna and I, of course, compared swellings and weird blisters and yeah. things like that. Um, I was so glad we did it. We had so much fun. There was one morning we woke up in this cabin and it's like, what's a rustic cabin? Like the kind, almost like the kind you'd go to camp in. So it's mm-hmm. like a little cabin with four bunks and they're technically double beds, but they're kind of snug. So John and Jenna actually skipped the top bunks, piled up their little, and the mattresses are like an, an inch thick. They're like plastic, yeah, you know, very thin mattresses. They stacked theirs on the floor so that they had double padding oh. and slept on the floor between the two lower bunks. And then Catherine and Eric would one bunk and Eric and I were in the other bunk. And so in the mornings we would wake up and just all crack up. We would all just be laying there laughing oh, and talking. It. And it was kind of like having like a sibling sleepover, but with your sibling spouses too. Yeah. It was so fun. Um, yeah. Buck couldn't come, but I, we're hoping next time he'll come. So Anyway, so it was all, it was a really good time. And then we got home and I had one day of recovery, essentially, and then jumped back in the car to go to the Chicks concert with Jenna and Missy because we were doing our annual, we always do like a get together girls weekend at the end of the summer. Mm -hmm. We usually go up to um, Jenna's parents have a condo a few hours north of here on a lake with a nice little pool. And it's like, this is the way we wrap up the summer. Like it's truly just laying around. We lay by the pool. We walk over to the little resort. It's kind of this old fashioned resort that feels a little bit like dirty dancing. Yes. yes. And we walk over and, you know, get pizza at the little resort restaurant. And we just, we keep it very, very chill. But we decided to tack on a concert this time because last year we tried to go to the Chicks concert, but they're, one of them was sick. So they canceled it. And then you got to go. And I got to go. I was not planning <laughs> on going and went here. And you were yes. had been planning it for like a year or something. Yes. And yeah. didn't get to go. So yeah. this was your. This was my redo. Yeah. Um, and I was a little bit afraid. I'm like, am I going to be able to stand up during this right. concert? But I did. I didn't stand up for every song because I'm 46 and I don't have to do that sure. anymore. Um, I have not was heard really even fun. a little like I haven't even heard the shortest of debrief of if you actually liked the show. I did. Um, I personally had more fun at the last Chicks concert I went to. I think there was something about this venue, which it's a nice venue, but the last one was, I can't even remember what it's called now, but it's the old, it used to be called Pine Knob in Detroit. It's very well known and it's outdoor. And I just remember this real spirit of like camaraderie and people like almost like pre-gaming in the parking lot. It felt like going to a football game or something, only it was a concert. And it was really fun. This time, um, the concert itself was a little darker feeling. That's the only way I can really describe it. Like, um, at one point I reached, (laughs) I leaned over to Jenna and Missy and I was like, I feel like Natalie Maines has been cheated on a lot because every song it's felt angry and like, it was just kind of dark. And the, even the, um, like the media and graphics were sort of dark. It was just felt like they're kind of in an angry mood right now, which that's fine. You know, it just wasn't the same. And then there was some super obnoxious people behind us that talked through like loud yell talking through like the whole show. And then the guys got really, really drunk. And like, I looked over and this guy has 
probably 12 solo cups stacked up. Boy. I mean, the concert wasn't that long. Yeah. For you to go through 12 solo cups of drinks, you have to be trying pretty hard. Um, but he is like, oh, look at it, blah, 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 blah. Then he dropped a can on me, and I almost, well, I almost kind of went momish. Instead, I just gave him a very long and withering look and sort of handed him back the can in a very, you know, in a very, like, pointed way. Sure. <laughs> anyway, so for lots of reasons, I mean, they're great. Like watching them live, I do now again want to take up the fiddle. Um, it's inspiring to see that they're still going so hard and they're so talented. And they did some covers that I, of songs I didn't know that I'm glad to know. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't as fun of a show. I'm just okay. being honest. Yep. I don't know why. Could have been a lot of different factors. Yeah. Could have been me. I'm a little older now. So I think the last time we went was probably four or five, five, five years ago. I think yeah. was when we went before. So um, anyway, then we went and laid by a pool for basically we, we lived all of our laying by a pool fantasies and that was super, super fun. And then we got back and now this week I am in like, oh crap, school starts and we got to get ready mode. And so yeah. I'm just in domestic mode. It's kind of funny how you just switch. At least I do. Mm -hmm. It's like one day I am just done. I am ready for the next thing. And that's where I am now. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. 
This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay. Well, that was a lot. You were very busy. Um, I admit I, it's a weird experience taking a total month off of Instagram, especially with friends like you, who I realize that I do actually rely on regular social sharing to kind of casually keep up on what's happening with you. And then of course we like, we'll talk in addition to the social media, we will talk about stuff. Um, so I really did have to be like, where are you? What are you doing? What's the latest? Um, I know. So I know. Like and then little... I felt bad because I would be like, I felt like I had told you, but it was because I put it in my stories right. or something. Well, and it is not like you are under no obligation to keep me informed, but I it's it is interesting. I'm sure we will have more to say in a future episode about social media and breaks. And I just decided I took all of May off and all of August and it has been interesting and I have no intention of quitting forever. I'll be back. But the one month breaks are like a really interesting social experiment and thought experiment for myself. And it's not just about like phone addiction or scrolling or whatever. It's also like, oh, wait, how do my relationships and my friendships and my keeping in touch work? How does it it work without that? Yeah. Yeah, There's been, yeah, there's been major things that have happened in people's lives that we know that we would have, if we weren't on, um, on social media, we would miss, I would have missed. Right. And it's like, Ooh, that would feel really weird to come back six months later and be like, what, who died or, you know, who got divorced or whatever. But, but that's how it used to be. It's kind of crazy to think well, about that. And then it's like, the next question is like, okay, but then did I need to know that if I right. wouldn't know it outside of Instagram, like how, not how good a friend are they, but like, it's just different. It's, it's all very, it's a lot. It's a lot of relationships to manage that we didn't used to be expected to manage so closely. That's right. Speaking of social media, I did want to quickly shout out to two different Mom Hour listeners who both stopped in the bookstore, Paper Mill Books. Amazing. One of them was on the, um, well, actually one sent her mom by proxy. (laughs) So Becca, big shout out to sending your mom, Julie, in. That was so cute. I was actually, that was the day we got back from the hike and I was laying down upstairs and Eric came up and he's like, hey, um, there's some woman downstairs who said her daughter sent her in. So I came down and talked to her and she was lovely. And then um, Shayla from Utah came in, who I think I know I follow on Instagram, but I think maybe the mom hour does as well. And I wasn't there. I was back downstate. So, I mean, I'm going to guess she didn't drive all the way to Utah from Utah just to see me at the bookstore, but She's probably vacationing in the UP. But anyway, thanks for stopping in. That's so nice. We both had listener encounters this summer. We both got beat up by vacation. Although yours was so much more impressively earned. I just fell out of a hammock. (laughs) You actually. Yours was acute. Yours was like an acute wound and or injury. And mine was like a long, repetitive stress situation. Yeah, And you really like you're you achieved some major like fitness and saw beautiful scenery. I just flipped over a hammock. Although I will say, and this is just us being in our forties, I actually kind of felt beat up by my entire vacation. Like by the end, I was sleeping really badly, partly because we moved, we were Connecticut, Rhode Island, Boston. So we moved locations, you know, every few days, sleeping really badly, bug bites for days. I mean, you know, the new England and, and for you where you are too, like just mosquito heaven. So bug bites for days, a bruise on my butt, 
sleeping badly. I feel like, oh, I caught a cold toward the end of the trip. I got like a summer cold. So even though I didn't hike 17 miles, I really did kind of feel like I was like, like I got hit by a train by the end of that vacation. But all your life, your life was a hike. Just like just getting through life. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. well, we saved the end of this episode to just sort of tease our personal hopes and aspirations for fall 2023. And rest assured, there will be much to discuss in future episodes. We both love back to school season. We love talking about fall, but we are not there yet recording this at the end of August. So this is just, I want to ask you, Megan, like, what are some things that you're just kind of either itching to get back to like reset of routines or maybe some new crazy ideas you have for fall? I know for me this time of year, I actually, uh, my, my brain activity is quite busy, a little manic even because it's like, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel where I'm going to have more predictability, more time by myself, but I'm not, nobody's asking me to commit to anything yet. So I'm quite aspirational and that's not even like my normal MO. So I imagine for you, it's times 100. It is. And also we haven't been hit over the head with the reality stick yet, which is that That's actually not how it ever works out. No, like it's, it's never it's actually never as open and free as we think it's going to be. Um, but yes, for sure. Well, not surprisingly, because this happens literally every year, my body doesn't feel great. And this is like a recurring thing for me at the end of the summer. My body doesn't feel great. And I know why it's because unlike during the fall and spring and even most of the winter where my movement is modest, but steady. Um, kind of predictable, you yeah. know, it's mm-hmm. like a daily walk in the fall and spring and some of the winter. And then even in the winter when I'm not getting outside to walk, I'm going to the gym, I'm doing something, I'm going to yoga. Like there's just times of year where my movement is slow and steady. And in the summer, it's like lay around for two weeks and then go on a 25 mile hike. That's <laughs> right. how my patterns look. And my body does not feel good when I do that. And I'm going on vacations and sleeping on weird pillows and, and, you know, like on one inch thick, camp mattresses and, um, eating weird, just kind of my food intake is all over the place. And so honestly, like my first fall hope and aspiration is to get a little more regular with that, because I do find that the fall can be a really, uh, and I'm, I'm not beating myself up for those patterns that I've just realized that is how summer goes for me. And it's forever and ever. Amen. It probably will be, but now my, my goal for the next few weeks is just to get that back together. And yes, the routines help a lot. Um, I was starting to do a lifting program, uh, on YouTube that I was really liking. And I had started that like three weeks ago and then I did two weeks of it and then ended up going on vacation for a week and hurting my body, but going to get back to that. Cause it, I was really enjoying it. Um, it's called lift with C lift with C C E E just like one workout, like one 30 minute workout that you do the same workout three times a week and it's on YouTube. So it's super easy. Um, so I'm adding that in and gosh, you know, just all my fault. I will say this, the meal planning, I was good about meal planning all summer. I used my meal planning board every week that I had the kids. I don't really do it when I don't have the kids, but, um, but it was like basically the same meal. Yeah. Over and over and over. So I'm looking forward to kind of injecting some fall fun into my, uh, into my food plan. Plus I would like to preserve some stuff. Like I haven't really, I, last year, Jenna and I did one epic marmalade making session 
as I recall, like right around the holiday. But then something didn't sit up right. We made two things and I think the marmalade didn't sit up right. So it was kind of disappointing. So there's, this is going to be going into harvest season around here. There's going to be a lot of different things I'd like Mm -hmm. to bake and preserve. Um, I don't remember if I talked about this in the last episode, but Eric and I did a lot of foraging for like edible plants on the property. So we did, we probably went out three or four times and found so much edible stuff just like out our back door, literally. But so far, all we've done is pour water over it and drink it like tea. We haven't done anything with it. And I think one of the things I've always wanted to do like for 25 years now or or longer, but just have never quite taken the step is learn how to do the next thing. So um, you can distill it in water or oil. You can make like you can dry even drying it properly is different from what we've been doing, which is leaving it laying around the counter and, and then tossing it in a teacup. So I kind of want to learn about that. I have a couple of different books and magazines that with soap and oil recipes and things like that. And I want to really challenge myself to maybe setting aside a day to actually making some stuff. Yeah. Um, and now that we're, you know, pretty settled into the new house, the kids and I, I have some sort of domestic decor projects. I want to do a photo wall. I want to hang some more stuff on the walls. I want to reorganize the kitchen. There's like a few, you know, we've talked a little bit about the manliness of this house. It Uh feels like a a lodge. And there's some things now I can see that I could do that would be inexpensive Mm -hmm. um, that we could do to like the lighting in the kitchen that could be updated, things like that. New stools, nothing huge. I, you know, the, the bones are good. I don't need to like redo anything. I just want to add, add a little of my own sense of style to it. So. Those are, that's a lot, but I, I feel like it. maybe if I write, maybe if I like give each project a page in oh, my I notebook, like that idea. That's a great and idea. I can just kind of write down the tasks that would go with that project and like give myself a, a date on the calendar. That might be a good strategy. That's a good strategy. And you know what else? Not that you asked for advice, but something I've been thinking about before I go into my big long list of aspirations yeah. is, um, setting aside time to Google the things I need to Google. Something that stops me is I will have a thought fire about something I want to learn to do or um, do around the house. And then, but later when I'm on my computer, I'm in a different headspace. I'm either working or like, and so um, you and I've both compared notes about having an iPad that maybe we just use for a little bit more creative purposes. And it's, it's a separate device from both our phone and computer. And I do have one. And I was thinking that that would be like, a, a practice, whether it's like after I have my coffee in the morning of like using the internet for these more inspirational, aspirational things. Um, and actually Googling the things that will help me then do these more. Do the thing. Yes, exactly. It's like, I can't figure out how to, how to fit the screen and tech time that yeah. I need into these practices that are actually very analog. And I think for both of us, very like hands-on and artsy crafty back to the woods, but that yeah. we still have to Google stuff about them. I, does that make so, sense? It's like a totally. weird. Yeah. And and I just want to quickly jump on that because I love this idea and I almost feel like we should challenge ourselves to do this and come back and report yeah. because I was, remember, I was going to use my iPad <laughs> as a substitute for my phone for posting to Instagram, which I've been doing a lot of Instagram posting lately and I'm really enjoying it. I love, I really like making content yeah. for Instagram, um, but it was a big fail. For two reasons. First of all, it took me three hours even to be able to log in because one of my kids had a passcode on it, but nobody could remember whose passcode it was. And then I couldn't get Will's 
It was Will. I couldn't get his iCloud to log out. Mm-hmm. It like no matter what I did. Anyway, whatever. I finally was able to get on my Instagram and then realized I couldn't post reels um, on the iPad. I didn't realize that you can post them, but you can't do like all the fancy stuff. You can't do the stuff. Yeah. Um, you could just post a video, but I, you can't do like, there's no, at least for whatever this version of the iPad is, or maybe the OS it's running, I kind of just gave up and here, but then the other thing I realized as I was going through that is that I really do love the inspo of Insta. Uh-huh. I like flipping through and seeing 30 seconds, 90 seconds of projects, not usually 90. I don't watch them that long, but you know, like, oh, this is a cool project or, oh, look at that pretty scene or, oh, look what that person's doing, but it doesn't. Instagram alone doesn't give you the information you need right. to do the thing. Right. It just gives so you the nugget of like, the idea. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like me thinking that was going to be my shortcut was kind of flawed thinking to begin with, because I really need a YouTube yes. or like a, just That's a written article. When I get yeah. to my thing about propagating plants, I will tell you about the YouTube I watched. And I was like, man, YouTube is great. I, I had the same thought yesterday. I took my computer into the kitchen. You know how long it's been since I took my computer into the kitchen uh-huh. while I was making dinner? I mean, 10 years, probably like a really long time just to watch stuff. And I put on YouTube because there was this woman who's like probably 50 and she was doing like makeup tutorials. And I watched it the whole time I was making dinner. And I thought, how amazing. I don't have to flip. I don't have to. I'm just it's like watching TV. Well, what's funny is that like. 60% of our listeners right now are like, uh, Megan and Sarah, like, <laughs> where Hello. have you been? But we just kind of were slightly too old for the big craze of having YouTube as your main content. And then we also both have really loved social media and Instagram. So both of us have kind of not used YouTube the way I think a lot of people use YouTube. I actually think when I go on YouTube, I see a lot of older content creators. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And I'm actually thinking it's like, probably like there's a weird spot. I'm not even sure it's age. I think it's like depth of what people are on there looking for or yeah. doing and, or our, and our interest not areas what, maybe. Yeah. 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 But it makes more sense. We're more long form content people. Yes. And and I'm a photography person. So I always was drawn to right. Instagram for that. Um, and, and so anyway, well, should I go through my, um, please laundry do. basket full of fall yes. aspirations. Okay. So first of all, we ended up with quite a few opportunities for travel in the coming. I'm going to say between like now and January, and I won't go into them all now, but I realize that I have quite a bit of travel planning to do either for myself or my family. And I'm very excited about it. I really enjoy looking for Airbnb or accommodations. I really enjoy that. I enjoy even looking for flights. Um, and then I really enjoy a lot of the more like nitty gritty of travel planning. Are we going to go to a museum? Are we going to see a show? And so um, I'm already aware that I have quite a bit of travel planning that I'm going to front load in, as soon as all three kids are back in school, which as of this recording, we're not quite there yet. Um, and I have like a day blocked for it. And I want to get like kind of nerdy and organized about mm-hmm. it and make sure because, you know, I mean, you travel a lot. As soon as you have multiple itineraries floating around in your email, it can get things can get dicey. You can think you rented a car, but you forgot because that was for another trip. Right. So um, I'm excited about really leaning into thorough, like fun, organized travel planning. Um, and then related to that, that kind of like sparked this thought that this might be a good fall for me to do a little 
um, calendar blocking or block scheduling, which is something for longtime listeners. They've heard you talk about that quite a few times in the fall. You don't always do it, but sometimes that block schedule has worked really well for you. And I feel like it's almost always fall that you that you come up with a new um, block schedule for yourself. Um, You're right about that. Yep. <laughs> I, I have partly because our business. So I, I was, I did the math on this cause I was thinking, why is this fall feels a little less demanding on the mom, hour business. Um, last fall, we were doing a major technical overhaul of our, of, of how our podcast like exists. Yes. It, like it's like something that I can't li- believe that was starting last yes. fall. Mm-hmm. And the previous fall, wow. the previous fall, we had brought on 14 contributors and we were launching like the blog and social media and contributor team aspect. Yeah, I guess that was a thing, huh? Yeah. So that was a project. And the one before that, so that's 2022 was um, the big shift in the behind the scenes tech stuff. 2021 was our contributor team. And then I was like, what was the fall of 2020? I'm like, oh, that was the fall where no one went to school. And we were trying to figure out like how to have our kids be home. So I was thinking that from a work perspective, mom hour work for me, which is the bulk. I mean, that is like all the work that I have the last few years. I was thinking this is going to be a lot lighter on producing and running the podcast than the last few years. So I may actually need to be strategic or not need to, but I want to be strategic with my time because I don't think our business is going to fill five days of kids in school the way it has the last few years. And that is going to open up some time. And with opening up time, I want to be intentional about it. So thinking about block scheduling or creative scheduling, um, thinking about a little freelancing, I had an article in our local weekly um, newspaper that I didn't even tell you about, Megan, again, because I've been off of social. So I have a contact and our local paper has launched a like a parenting vertical and a parenting hub. And I'm in touch with the editor. I might do a little, I might dabble in some freelancing there. And then, yeah. So, and then like, here's a whole bunch of little creative and domestic things. You mentioned several for you that just pop into my brain. And I'm like, Ooh, I should do that. I should do that. So one of them is knitting washcloths because shout out to Jamie on our contributor team. She sent me for Christmas a knitted or crocheted like kitchen washcloth. Yeah. I thought you got one, but I didn't want to say it in that. And I'd be like, wait, Jamie, thanks a lot. I was pretty sure. Yeah. So I, those are my absolute favorite kind of washcloths. My sister used to make, because when my first, my sisters first learned to knit, that's all she knew how to make. And so at one point in my life, I had so many. And then, you know, over time they get gross. Yeah, we had some, my mom, I had some when I was growing up. And so when Jamie sent that, I was like, oh yeah, I love this type of washcloth. And I was thinking of buying some more on Etsy and I never did. And now I'm just like, well, I know how to basic knit. That is like, I don't want to really knit anything other than washcloth. So now I have a whole idea of going to the the yarn store and just learning how to do that and maybe making gifts or making them for myself. So there's that. Um, I've been wanting for like two years to learn more about how to propagate my, I have big Monstera, two huge Monstera plants that are, I bought when they were fully mature and healthy and they're beautiful. And I know you can propagate them really well and start new little plant babies. And the other day on the iPad, I fired up a YouTube and I was like, hey, I think I can do this. And I learned. So I have my cuttings and then I'm going to watch them, like make sure they get roots and then replant them. And so I've never done that with any plants other than succulents. I mean, succulents, you literally can just shove it in a new pot of dirt and it'll grow. Um, 
but I am interested in plants and taking care of plants. And we've now had the kittens for over a year. And I think they're finally like, I, I at least know where to put plants and how to keep them out of plants. For a while, I had to put a pause on plants because of kittens, but I think we're through the right. toddler phase. Um, and then also, this is an update for you. Remember I told you about our zero waste store here in Santa Barbara, Megan, that I, yes. I went to because I thought of you because I think you also have some interest in this. So it's a zero waste refill store where you can bring old containers or you can buy jars from them and then you can refill household items like soaps. But they even have spices and teas, dry like loose leaf teas, um, and they have a lot of sustainable products. So I literally went there a year ago to check it out and see how it worked. And then I, of course, didn't go back because life finally went again and brought some containers. I felt so I don't know why it brought me so much joy to get dish soap and a couple other things in plastic containers that I already had used. So I was reusing plastic, not adding anything more. But while I was there, um, they have candle melts and they have like a, a little kit that you can melt down the candle wax and use your old candle jars at home to make new candles. And that is also something I've really wanted to know how to do. So this is a little bit of a cheater because these candle melt, they're already scented. It already smells really good. And it comes with the wick and the thing. So I'm going to learn to do that. And then if I really like that, then I, then you can get like the unscented melts and do your own with essential oils and stuff. So, so I love this so very much. (laughs) This is a big project, Sarah, but it's the kind that you'll be able to like break down. Like you've already done the really important part. Yeah. You went and put something in the jars, right? Like I have this problem where I've been, I couldn't throw my jars away anymore. So I've just been collecting them, but now I've way run out of things to use them for. And I just have bags, like bags and bags of jars and um, containers that I like and things like that. So I want to start a zero waste store of some sort eventually. And that's a whole, of course I have to think that big. I can't just think, I'm going to go like start going to a zero waste store. I have to be like, why don't I just start one? But there really isn't one close by. They think the closest is like an hour away. So um, I can't wait to hear how this candle project goes. And maybe you'll use all of your candle or your jars for candles. And I'll use mine to make bath salts or something. And then we can trade. Yeah. And then we'll have to start a business. No, we really, I really do not want a business in this realm, but I do get very excited about trying it. And I, I really like that this zero waste store, it seems to kind of bridge the practical. Like I just took old shampoo bottles and or an old lotion bottle and filled it up with more lotion. And that satisfied the part of my brain that's like frugal and environmental and kind of like efficiency minded. But then they also have a lot of the more, um, I guess, like, like really nice smelling things and really yes. pretty wooden dish scrubbers and like So I don't know when you start your store, I recommend that because of course, like the hardcore environmentalists are going to want to literally just not waste plastic, like come in and put Castile soap in a thing with a pump, but then having, um, the more like, I guess, romanticized aspect of it is also so attractive. And this place is great because it really is like, it's kind of both Violet came with me and she's like, I love this store. I'm like, I know. But if, if all you wanted was just to repurpose your old plastic containers and fill up with soap and shampoo, you can do that too. Well, my thought, my, my dream that, you know, is one of those that could sit in the back of my head for five years is that I would offer many options from just like Mason jars for people who don't even want to use plastic because there's plenty of those and stainless steel containers um, to giving people the option to bring in their containers to having a donation base where if you came in because you're a tourist and you'd never been at a store like this before, 
I can just give you other people's old containers. Yeah. Like this one, that they could have become a, yours. a thing of jars and they're a dollar. So it's not quite free, yeah. but it's like you, if yeah, you didn't come like in that. with any container, they have some. Yeah. And here's your gif jar or whatever. Yeah. And then another idea I had was actually that I think fits really well would be to have vintage options. So that would kind of satisfy that side of me that wants yeah. to go like thrifting yes. and with fun, like, you know, thrifted jars and, and not everything is wet either. Some stuff, it could be like a dry container. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's lots of like the whole, like the reuse idea. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, so this yay. one, even the shop owner, the first time I went in, she was not there. Her father was there and he was really cute. Cause he was like such an evangelist for her passion in the store. That was when I went a year ago. When I went back this time, it was her and she had a baby on her hip, of course. And it was like so cute. So the whole experience was was great. And that has all of my yeah, my wheels turning about all kinds of container repurposing, but specifically the (laughs) candles. So, oh, my gosh. Well, um, we we kept everybody a little long today as we catch up about our summers, um, but I'm excited to explore these fall topics more in episodes. If there's something you want us to go into in more detail, shoot us an email. Hello at the We are still planning all of our fall content, and I think both of us get really excited to talk about these kind of homey and domestic and um you know, creative. It's, it's the time of year. It's the time yeah. of year. Um, and of course we will continue to talk about all the regular motherhood and parenting topics as well. But yeah, shoot us an email. If there's something we mentioned today that you think should be a whole episode, we would love to hear. Um, and speaking of upcoming content, I'm really excited, Megan, about next week's episode, because we are going to turn the idea that the day after Labor Day is the day when all of your Dreams come true and the pencils are sharpened and everything is organized. We're going to turn that upside down and we're going to actually talk about how important and valuable a soft start or a soft launch to a new season is. And so um, that will be also a fun way to continue this conversation is we're just going to explore that idea and at different seasons of motherhood and life, why it's so important to not expect yourself to have everything ready on the first day, whatever that first day is. It could be the day your baby comes home from the hospital, not needing to have everything. Like there's so many applications to the idea of a soft start. Yeah, this is definitely um, a lesson that I have learned many times over to almost to a fault now where I feel like nothing has a hard start. (laughs) Maybe that's not true, but but we're going to talk about all the ways you can soft start your life. I'm excited about that. And I also just wanted to mention that the early bird discount for the reInvent retreat that I'm having here in Southwest Michigan in October, that early bird discount ends August 31st. And then registrations for the in-person retreat are going to close September 10th. So you're kind of running out of time to take advantage of the discount for sure, but also even just to sign up. So um, we will be leaving the virtual retreat registration open a little longer, but if you're hoping to make it here and see me in person this October, definitely go to reinventretreat.com and get those details now. And that discount code, if you want to take advantage of that early bird special is mom hour for 15% off. So that's at reinventretreat.com. Yes, definitely go check that out. And we will be back with you all next Tuesday. See you soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. 
You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.